0: You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne.
1: It's normal to feel depressed once in a while, but if you're sad and blue most of the time and and it's really affecting your day-to-day life, you may have clinical depression. Now, there are many different types of depression. Maybe you had a death in your family or recently lost your job, and this is considered an event-related depression. You can have depression from a traumatic brain injury and inflammation of, of your brain. Another type of depression can be from a shift in your brain chemistry due to poor nutrition. But there is a very unique form of depression that's been overlooked by many called perimenopausal depression. And we have Dr. Eldred Taylor here today to share strategies on how to find relief from this condition. Dr. Taylor is an expert on functional and anti aging medicine and is the co author of two must read books. Are you are, are your hormone Make Hormones Making You Sick, and The Stress Connection. Great to have you here on the Wellness for Life show, Dr. Taylor.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm looking forward to the discussion.
1: Yes. Well, let's start out clearly. What's perimenopause and what are some of the symptoms that we've got to look out for?
0: Well, perimenopause is the stage when women are exiting their reproductive stage. You can think of perimenopause like puberty in reverse. So when a a woman is going through puberty, she is going into her reproductive stage. She's uh, going into the phase of her life where she's going to have menstrual cycles. And those menstrual cycles are governed primarily by two hormones, estrogen and progesterone. And so in puberty, your ovaries are trying to get into a regular cycle. And in perimenopause, you're trying to exit that reproductive stage. And whenever you're going through a transition, there's going to be turbulence. And you get turbulent uh, hormone balance. And that turbulence and that inconsistency and hormone balance in both of those stages, they can cause a lot of emotional and physical symptoms. And because hormones have a, a direct effect on the mood in women and men, Uh, They've probably experienced that if you're married. I've been married for 34 years and There are definitely emotional ups and downs that are associated with those hormonal ups and downs and so Women get anxious and depressed during that that period of their lives But that can be remedied if we can or if uh, a woman can uh, with the help of a uh, either herself or with the help help of a health care provider put those hormones back in balance so Usually perimenopause starts around age 35 to 40 and it goes to around age 50 or 55 uh, until the point where the woman has stopped having periods at all. And also because of that turbulence in the hormone balance, they can get irregular periods. They can go anywhere from skipping periods to having uh, prolonged bleeding or having multiple periods in a month. It's just very unstable time. And uh, if any of the women have gone through it themselves, or they have um, uh, prepubescent uh, um, kids that are going through it, they know it's a turbulent time for everyone who's involved.
1: Great. Uh, Thank you for clarifying that. But, you know, one of the things that I always look at, okay, perimenopause is for women, but I really believe that there's such a thing as like a periandropause for men. I know uh, we're gonna go into depression and perimenopausal depression, but I'd like to ask you, for the men men out there uh, you know, listening to the show, would they also have similar types of symptoms?
0: Well, you know, men don't have menstrual cycles, so uh, they don't, and, no. they, and their hormones really don't go in a cyclic phase. Their hormones are more on a consistent basis. But you can definitely have a decrease in testosterone as you get uh, older, and men can lose some of their vitality. They can have fatigue, and they can have emotional issues uh, also because testosterone, it gives them a sense of well-being. And so if they don't have enough of that, you may see them dragging around the house. They're not as active. They're they're not playing golf like they used to. And they can be irritable too. So I don't want to say it's... uh, you know, it's totally a female issue. You know, uh, I always say getting older is not for sissies. It's a, you know, it's a tough time for men and women to get, uh, you know, as they get older. And uh, sometimes those changes can rub each other the wrong way and, uh, you know, issues can come about due to that.
1: Mm, thank you, thank you for clarifying that. Uh, you know, Let's go into a little bit of this depression, you know, cause that's what this today is all about is learning more about depression. Uh, what's going on, especially when, when you are in the peno, perimenopausal state and the hormone shifting, what's going on with our brain and our mood?
0: Well, what's primarily happening? Uh, see, there's a lot of, I, I'm, I was trained as an OBGYN, and we were taught that as women get older, it's always an estrogen deficiency problem. And that's been proven wrong from the Women's Health Initiative and several studies And even just physiology, it's really not a decrease in estrogen. There can be some decrease in estrogen, but your body has other ways to make estrogen. Fat tissue can make estrogen. There's other tissues that can make estrogen. What definitely goes away when you are menopausal or perimenopausal is a deficiency in progesterone. And progesterone is called progesterone because it promotes gestation. And progesterone is made primarily in the second half of the menstrual cycle, the second two weeks of the menstrual cycle. And progesterone is a very calming hormone. It binds to something called the GABA receptor in the brain. And that's why women who get PMS and they get depressed a week or two before their period. If they're not making enough progesterone or if it's too much estrogen, they don't have enough GABA rec- uh, uh, GABA for the receptors in their brain and so they can get anxious because GABA is a very calming hormone and that anxiety can lead to depression. Now, I won't say that estrogen has no effect on the brain because estrogen also helps to potentiate the activity of serotonin and most people have heard of serotonin. Serotonin is kind of the happy neurotransmitter or brain chemical and when women, uh, when anybody takes antidepressants, it's actually to try and make serotonin more effective. It doesn't necessarily increase serotonin, but it tries to make low serotonin levels last longer. So that's primarily the issue in perimenopause because we have such a turbulent time with balancing estrogen and progesterone, and they have such an effect on your mood. That is really the cause of perimenopausal anxiety and perimenopausal depression. Now. Most doctors treat it with antidepressants, but a better way to treat it is actually to treat the cause and to try and balance the hormones, and then the moods will take care of themselves.
1: Mm, which, you just mentioned the causes, the the imbalances of progesterone uh, mm-hmm. relative to estrogen. So do you start with progesterone? Um, so, do you prescribe progesterone, or um, do you recommend women to go to the health food store and get uh, the wild yam natural progesterone that they can apply on their skin?
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know, while I, now, actual wild yam is difficult to be converted into progesterone. You want it to come from wild yams, but you actually want the progesterone. Now, if you are, if your doctor is not Willing to, you know, go along with this? Yes. Progesterone does not hurt you. Estrogen can hurt you. Progesterone helps uh, with decreasing growth and it helps with the mood and and uh, PMS. Estrogen can hurt you. That's why you can't usually buy estrogen over the counter because it can cause abnormal growth. Now, if you want to, yes, you can try progesterone. Uh, I really would like for you to find a healthcare provider who could help you with that. But the best way to do it and to know what to do is to actually have your hormones tested. And I believe one of the best ways to test hormones is through saliva. And again, I did an OBGYN residency at Emory University here in Atlanta, and we never measured hormones. We never measured hormones in the blood. We never measured hormones at all. We just gave young women birth control pills for whatever ailed them. And we gave uh postmenopausal women estrogen at that time. And we never tested and that always was a question for me. And the reason why you don't test hormones in the blood is because uh, hormones are fat soluble. And when they're in the blood, they're bound. They're like packaged and they're really not available to the body. You have to look at what is free hormone and only about 1% is free. And in order to figure out how much is actually being delivered to the tissue, you need to take a sample from a tissue. And the saliva gland produces saliva and it gives you an idea of how much hormone is in the tissue. So the best way, I believe, to figure out if there's an imbalance and how to correct it is to actually have saliva testing so that you have some documented information. And me learning about how to measure hormones through saliva uh, really changed my whole career. That's why I wrote that book, Are Your Hormones Making You Sick? Because before that, and even now, doctors just give birth control pills for any type of hormonal issue for young women, and that's that's not the best answer, and it definitely doesn't diagnose exactly what is going on. So, uh, yes, progesterone, if you if you have to. Just go to the health food store and get progesterone. It's not gonna hurt you. You can see if it's going to help you. But I'd really like for you to see a healthcare provider who can actually test your hormones.
1: Fantastic. You know, saliva hormone, um, I totally understand that. I, you know, I haven't done saliva in a little while. I usually do the dry urine testing. But in salivary testing, is it still the same when you do take progesterone and cream uh, transdermally that the salivary does not, it, it's not correct because the level would be much higher regarding progesterone?
0: Yeah, that is that is partly correct. It's according to, if, if I am going to test somebody who's taking transdermal progesterone, then what I'm going to do is I want them to be off of the transdermal progesterone for at least 72 hours. Because if, when you take it transdermally, what happens is it can build up in the tissue. Okay? So what I want to know is that if you've been on it for two months or three months, uh, what I want to know is, if you've been off of it for three days or four days, is there a lot still left in the tissue? So you're right. If you put some cream on and you do a saliva test two hours later or even later that day, you're going to get a high amount in that saliva test. You need to let them be off of it so so you can see how much is building up in the tissue. Uh, so I've been doing saliva testing for 20 years and it's just a matter of understanding the biochemistry or the ph- ph- pharmacology of it. Uh, you just don't, you can't test immediately after someone has taken a dose, or even a day or two after Thank they've taken you. a dose.
1: Thank you for that. Thank you for clarifying that. Which lab do you use? Which salivary testing lab? Uh,
0: well, over time I've used uh, several. Uh, I use primarily Labrix because it's a little less expensive. Uh, there, But there's several good labs, ZRT, is a lab uh, Genova is a lab that you can use. ZRT actually allows you to buy them over the uh, over the internet, so you could actually, you know, do it without a physician if that's what you wanted to do. Uh, but Labrix is a is a great uh, lab, and uh, Genova those would be my top three.
1: Thank you. So w- regarding depression, how often do you see this in perimenopausal women?
0: Uh, you see it uh, quite often. I would. I mean, I'm just guessing, I would say 30, 40% of the time, and sometimes it's not necessarily categorized as major depression, it's just women don't feel good. I, my wife is actually a psychiatrist, but she practices functional medicine with me now. But uh, when she was in psychiatry, before we understood all of this, uh, we uh, she would say that she would see all of these women between age 40 and 50, that she was putting on antidepressants and she was labeling them as bipolar. But now she's learned that uh, these women really had hormonal issues, and if you fix the hormonal issues, that all of their psychiatric or emotional issues went away.
1: Mm. I, can, I can see that. I, I treat a lot of women in the, that age range. I, for one, I've already gone through menopause, but uh, during the time when I had this head injury that pushed me into early menopause, boy, depression was a huge, huge symptom. Depression and anxiety, it just goes back and forth. Um, right. So I, I know that helping my adrenal glands, um, supporting and having a good hormonal balance, it made a huge difference in relieving that depression. I don't have depression or anxiety anymore. Um, like, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about then about your client. Let's say a woman comes in, she's in the perimenopausal, you test her out and you find that, yeah, uh, from salivary testing, she's definitely low in progesterone. And, and then um, you start implementing progesterone. Is there a cycling that you do or do you recommend doing it daily? Uh, and then what other uh, therapies or, or modalities do you use to help with the depression?
0: Okay, uh, well, okay, so a person comes in and they're perimenopausal. If they're still cycling, then I want to try and uh, do the saliva test seven days before they're expecting a cycle. Okay, so you want to do it like on day 21. If their menstrual cycles are irregular, then we just test because... If, they have a, if they're having irregular cycles during this time, it's usually due to too much estrogen. So I wanna know how much estrogen they're putting out so then I know how to dose the progesterone. If their problem is primarily um, irregular bleeding, I will try and use transdermal progesterone two weeks on and two weeks off. Because a lot of times that will help coordinate the bleeding, because your body normally will bleed two, uh, after two weeks of progesterone. It'll have a regular period. So I'll try to do that to have some type of regularity to their cycle. So, yes, it's two day, two weeks on and two, two weeks off. If uh, bleeding is not that much of an issue uh, and anxiety and depression is more of an issue, I like to use oral progesterone because oral progesterone, actually breaks down into something called allopregnenolone in the liver. And allopregnenolone goes across the blood-brain barrier and that is what binds to those GABA receptors to help with the depression and the anxiety. Because some, a lot of times the anxiety, I'm sorry, the depression is due to the anxiety. So if you can get the allopregnenolone to bind to the GABA receptors, the anxiety goes away. And usually the depression follows. Also, what you see in perimenopausal women is their inability to sleep, and oral progesterone helps greatly with uh, helping these women to sleep.
1: Oh, great. Gosh, you were so clear on on that. So it really depends on the woman and customizing it for their cycle, how they are dealing with it. And and then... Dr. Taylor, you've talked about 5-HTP. You have a formula called serotona. L-theanine is really good for helping with anxiety and utilizing adrenal glandular supplements and botanicals to boost the adrenal glands and strength to help you deal with stressors. Is there anything else that we can uh, think about? You think that how we can ward off depression? I love exercise. Do you recommend exercise as part of your treatment plan?
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, exercise is great. Uh, The only thing that I caution uh, women when uh, they're trying to exercise to get out of depression, if their adrenal glands are not working properly, they have adrenal fatigue, exercise is actually going to be another stressor. So I always ask women, okay, if you're exercising, do you feel better after you exercise or do you feel worse after you exercise? Usually, if they feel worse after they exercise, it's another stressor, and their adrenal glands may, you know, so they may have adrenal fatigue. If they feel better, then yes, it's a great stress reliever. And I always, you know, try and uh, I don't necessarily want uh, my depressed patients to go out and, you know, try and run a marathon or, you know, over exert themselves. But yes, mild to moderate exercise uh, is a great stress reliever. And uh, you know, it can uh, stimulate endorphins and, and yeah, it can definitely elevate the mood and then they feel like they've accomplished something. So that sense of accomplishment is also something.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Taylor. I'm so sorry we don't have enough time to go over everything, but we've learned so much on why it's so important to be able to look at the hormone differences, especially your progesterone level. As we are going into our 30s, 5s, to 40s, and 50s, our hormone level has a big impact. On the depression, and that we want to balance that out. We definitely want to use testing done, and you like to use saliva testing. And there's also uh, estrogen that you can, it can help you uh, manage your anxiety as well and depression. But uh, also for the fact that if you use the progesterone at nighttime and you take orally, then you're definitely be able to sleep better too. You also mentioned that there's L-theanine, super important, and 5-HTP to also enhance your depression and or actually reduce your depression and help you feel better. Um, and then often uh, glandulars and botanicals will also be helpful. There's so much information here, and you can definitely go and see Dr. Taylor's website, taylormedicalgroup.net. Taylor MedicalGroup.net, and he also has a, a supplement a formulations called taylormdformulations.com got a lot of good information i know if you can share this information with all of your friends and women uh who are going through the change it will definitely change their life for the better please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on wellness for life um if you need to help you need more help and you need to um Contact me so I can help you with it through phone and Skype consultations. Then you can go to my website, drsuzanne.com, and I'll be able to do that. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Thank you. Stay well.